Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. So we're going to start a new study. If you got notes, you saw this. Uh, we sent out a, a tweet uh, this, the end of this last week about this. And we're starting this new study uh, entitled Life. And we're going to study the, the lineage, the life, and the legacy of Joseph. And this is something that I've been uh, burdened with for months now. I've been praying about. This is, I believe, what God wants to do. And I, I was telling someone this morning that uh, I, was, I was praying about whether to do like a recap on the whole study of a journey with Jesus. And, and even was thinking that probably would, would make more sense. And that would maybe, you know... Um, be a little easier, I guess, to uh, present. This is kind of what we studied and learned overall. And God would not let me do that. So he was like, you know, this is what I want us to do. And it's amazing, again, how the will of the Lord works. And uh, so we get into this, and, and I'm excited to see what God does through this study. But what I want to do is kind of examine this, this man's life, who many of us are familiar with. And we're going to take some, uh, I'm going to take a little I guess, uh, assumption that most of us in here have a little bit of an idea of who Joseph is. And if you don't, just kind of know that he was uh, used by God in a great way at the end of his life and in, in miraculous and surprising ways. Um, just kind of know that at the, at, at the first if you don't really know who Joseph is. And so we're going to go back, learn about kind of where he came from, and all that and all that but we're looking at this word or this idea of life and it's a it's a real small word it's a four-letter word but think about this in in that small four-letter word is wrapped up so much life think about this we only get one such a such a small word has so much weight we have one life we are giving we're given one shot we have one chance and so in, in praying through all this, and if we kind of look at life, that word life as an acrostic, I think it is encompassing of so many different things. And some of these things include, um, if you look at L, the first word L, we, we, we see love and we see loss in our life, right? We, we experience love from, uh, from the first time that we can experience emotions from a, from a baby to uh, the end of our life. Again, we, we see love and we see loss throughout the way in our life, we see inspiration, and then there's lots of impositions, things that kind of set us aside, put us out. Um, you know, we, we, we have both inspiration and imposition. Uh, if you look at the, the, the letter F, there's no doubt there's family, and there's friends, and there's faith all in our life. Throughout different ways and in different uh, aspects, these things show themselves. And then E, I think that we could define life as events. We could look at also experiences that we have, and then also, of course, the big word, eternity. And so when we think about life, there are all these things. Of course, there's so much more in between there, but those are kind of some big thoughts and big themes that we see inside of our life that we'll see in this study and throughout this study um, at various times as we're going through his, his lineage, his life, and of course, looking at his legacy. But I think when we start to look at someone or try to get to know them, it helps to know where they come from, right? I mean, that's, that's what, when we're talking to somebody or meeting somebody, that's kind of 
where we end up going or we go right away maybe. Uh, we, we ask, so, um, you know, where, where are we born? Where, where are you from? Where were you raised? Uh, what school did you go to? Uh, we ask all those type of questions, kind of get a frame of reference on where this person is coming from, what, you know, um, what maybe we can associate with or, or, or familiarize ourselves with. But I think it helps us to understand people a little bit better, to know where they come from. In this, we're going to learn a lot of stuff about Joseph. And I think that's going to bring to light some, some miraculous things for us in our lives, uh, see how, seeing how God used him uh, in spite of, in light of his lineage, again, in his life that he lived. Um, but think about this. Joseph was used, right off the bat, used in such a miraculous way that he's in the lineage that would bring God's plan for salvation to fruition in the form of Jesus Christ on this earth. He's in the lineage, again, Jesus Christ in the, in the lineage of Joseph. And, um, you know, millennia ago, you know, this, this was his story. And then today we're still looking at this man and learning from him. So, again, an amazing, amazing story, amazing opportunity for us to gain so much uh, from someone's life and, and, again, their example. So I want to pray, and then we're going to jump into this. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you do in our lives, God. And, and, I, and I, this is a hard prayer to pray, uh, but it's, it's, it's in my heart, and I think it should be in, in all of our hearts. God, I thank you even for the trials. I thank you for the, the difficult times because I, I realize those are the times that you grow us. Those are the times that you strengthen our faith, and those are the times sometimes you teach us and show us and help us in ways that maybe we didn't realize that we needed. And so um, I thank you for the trials and the, and the hardships and the things that, again, you use in our lives uh, to make us more like your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the blessings. Thank you for this opportunity now that we have in freedom to gather in your name, to exalt that name, to, to worship you, to, uh, to hear your word, to be instructed, to be encouraged. Again, all of these blessings, the, the blessing of fellowship and family, and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for eternal life. Thank you for giving us eternal life through Jesus Christ, through the death and the resurrection. Thank you for so many things, God. And again, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word. I pray that you would just use me as a vessel, that through what's preached and looked at this morning, that you would be exalted and you alone uh, would be exalted. Lord, I pray that um, if there's someone here that has never entered into a relationship with you, Lord. They've never placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They've never surrendered their life uh, to you. I pray before they leave this place, they'd realize that they're not going to enter into heaven, into eternity with you without doing that. And there's not going to be a second chance. There's not going to be uh, uh, another opportunity other than this life right now. And today may be the only chance they have. So someone's here and they're, they're, they're not on their way to heaven because they've never placed their faith in Christ. I pray that today be the day of salvation for them. And Lord, again, we pray you'd be glorified now. We ask you to move in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take your Bibles and turn over to Genesis chapter 27. We'll kind of go through that for the, pretty much the, the points that we'll get this morning. We'll reference uh, a little bit further back in Genesis uh, at one point, but uh, that's kind of where we'll start. But um, I want to go back, look where Joseph came from in this study, and basically take a little biblical cinema ride. Um, for, for this chapter and, and chapter 27 because um, this is dramatic stuff. Some of you have been to, to Disney World. I know we've, we've had the blessing of being able to go a few times and um, they have this, and I don't know if they have it anymore. It seems like when we were there last time maybe they didn't. I don't know. 
Um, but they have this ride that it's a, a, a ride through the history of uh, cinema or, or movies. And so you get on this, this car and you drive through and they take you back to when film first started and, and, and different things and you go through the different eras of, of cinema and stuff. And um, it's just a, a really kind of neat experience. And so that was kind of what was in my mind when we were doing this. I'm not going to be as elaborate and vivid as the people at the Disney <laughs> Uh, but we'll go through this, and because this, again, is very dramatic stuff, very uh, interesting stuff that we'll look at and give us a little bit of Joseph lineage. So in chapter 27, verse 1, we're just going to start. It says, And it came to pass when Isaac was old, his eyes were dim so that he could not see, and he called Esau his eldest son, and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here am I. He said, Behold, now I'm old, and I know not the day of my death. So again, uh, Isaac is the promised son of Abraham, going a little bit further back. Uh, we, we know that Abraham jumped the gun, Sarah jumped the gun, and gave the handmaid Hagar to Abraham. Abraham has a son, Ishmael, first, uh, realizes that they messed up. God says, hey, you messed up. And they ended up giving the promised son, Isaac. And this is that Isaac uh, that is now at the end of his life. He's, he's blind, he can't see, he calls Esau his oldest son. Uh, which Esau's name means red. So he was, he was a, a red-headed, woolly man. And we're going to see that in just a second. Um, but he calls and says, hey, I am old and I'm about to die. And I don't know when that day is coming, but here's what we're going to do. It says, take therefore, uh, now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons and quiver and thy bow and go out in the field and take, uh, and take me some venison, some wild game. Go kill me some, some, some wild meat and make me savory meat. And I was telling her show before, that uh, the Bible's so interesting because this is translated delicious food. This is what it is, some savory meat. So Isaac's on his deathbed, and this is what he's thinking about. I want some delicious food, you know. And I'm thinking, hey, that, that's, that's the, kind of the way that we're wired, you know. I, I, I've, got a, I've got an appointment with death that I don't know when it's coming, and I want a good meal before it happens, you know. Um, and he was thinking meat because, you know, he's a man. He and, he and Esau... We're tied together like this. You know, we'll see in just a second, Jacob and uh, Rebekah were tied together in, in their own way. But um, Esau and his dad Isaac were like hunters, meat eaters, woolly men, you know. Um, and so he says, go out and make me, get some meat and make me some delicious food. And then he says, such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. So He's telling him, I, I've got this blessing that I'm going to impart to you as my son, as my firstborn son. Um, we'll talk about this in just a second, but a couple chapters before, uh, Jacob had kind of finagled uh, the birthright away from Esau. Uh, Esau's out trying to hunt, can't get anything, and Jacob's there in his tent, and he's just making some vegetable soup, and his brother finally gives up, and he comes to him, and he's like, look, I'm starving, I'm about to die, I need something to eat. So Jacob's like, oh, you're hungry? He's like, yeah. He said, well, give me your birthright. It's like, my birthright? Yeah, I'll give you some food. You give me your birthright. And so in Esau's mind, he's thinking, I'm about to die. And if I don't get this food, I'm not going to enjoy the birthright anyways. So fine, you can have the birthright. Give me some of that, that lovely vegetable soup that you're making. And um, so he does. They exchange birthright for, for soup. So this happens again. This is kind of the history that, that's going on here. Um, so, he said, I've got this blessing now that I want to give you. Not only the birthright, but also a blessing, uh, you know, that I'm going to give you before I die. Now look at verse 5. And Rebekah heard 
when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went into the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake, spake to her, uh, unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savor it, delicious food, delicious meal, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord uh, before my death. Now therefore, my son, this is Rebekah talking to Jacob, Obey my voice according to that which I commanded thee. Go now to the flock, the, the flock of sheep, and fetch for me two, uh, thence two good kids, or two small goats, uh, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. See, mama knows what daddy likes, you know. So go get me some, some, some of those little goats, and I'm going to make something that he really likes, that he wants. And uh, thou shalt bring it to thy father, and he, uh, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, look at me, mom. <laughs> okay, so this plan's coming from Rebekah. And Jacob's thinking, okay, that's a great plan, but, but I want you to look at me. Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. <laughs> what a dilemma. You know, this is a great plan. I mean, I'm sure that you can knock his socks off with a meal that you want to make, and he would want to bless me with whatever, but he's got a plan to give this, this blessing to Esau, and he's hairy. He don't shave. He don't wax. He don't do nothing. <laughs> he, he is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. My father, peradventure, well, he's going to feel me. He's going to grab my hand, and he's going to feel me, and he's going to know something's up. Uh, I shall seem to him as a deceiver, uh, which his name basically means that. Cheat, uh, heel grabber, supplanter. That's what J uh, Jacob's name means. Uh, and Esau is going to remind them in, in just a second of this. But, um, but she said, look, this is okay. I've got a plan. Um, his mother said, upon me be thy curse, my son. Obey, only obey my voice. Just do what I tell you to do and go fetch, them, go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son, Esau, uh, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. Now this is where it gets a little weird. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. So that tells you right there, Esau had, you know, hairy stuff going all up in his stuff, you know. So, and on his hands, kind of coming out his, his coat and stuff, but maybe like a werewolf or something. But, uh, so, some of you are feeling that pain, aren't you? <laughs> but, um, so, that's what she does. She gave the savory meat and the bread, which she had prepared, into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I. And then he says this, Who art thou, my son? Uh, because something's not right. So, uh, okay, this, this plan is good up until this point, Right? Uh, and I guess Rebecca and, and Jacob are planning on not only Isaac's sight being bad, but his hearing being a little off as he's an old man, right? Because that's what happens. Um, so he says, you don't really sound a lot. Who are you? I, I, I get that maybe you're my son. Who are you? Uh, and maybe at that, that point in time, that flushness comes up, and Jacob's like, oh, no, my voice. I didn't, I didn't try to sound like Esau or whatever. Uh, and then you kind of see maybe he sort of changes his, uh, the tone of his voice when this happens. Um, and Jacob said to his father, <clears throat> I'm, I'm Esau, uh, a firstborn. 
I've done according as all, you know, those do all this. You, you told me to do, arise, and I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison that thy soul may bless thee. And Isaac said unto his son, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? <laughs> you, know, you know, so remember, Jacob is crafty, and, you know, he knows how to catch things and trap things. He can do that. But Esau was the hunter, and Isaac knew that. And Isaac knew, look, you know I want like a big deer. You know, that's something like that. I, I want something, like, bring me back what I love. And that's going to take a while. You know, some, a lot of hunters in here, and you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. Most of the time, it takes time and patience and stuff like that. And so um, Isaac's kind of surprised. Man, you just left. How'd you, <laughs> how'd you kill that animal so fast? Sometimes it takes you days to come back with, with, with something. You know what I'm talking about. Did you, you know, what'd you do? How'd you do that? And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Now let's pause the movie for just a second. Pause this ride. You know, let, let, let's think about this for a second. Say, what? I, th did you get what he just did? He, he is, first of all, knowing that they're trying to deceive the father out of this blessing. All right? And so it's already a fleshly endeavor. It's already something that is all of man, not of God at all. But in this moment, Jacob spins it and says, oh yeah, the, the Lord brought it to me. God did this for me. God blessed me like this. Now, this is a nice spiritualization of a very fleshly move, right? That's what he's doing. He's spiritualizing a fleshly move that he's making. We do the same thing today. We often do things in our own flesh and do things for us in the way we want. And then we say things like, God led me to do it. God's leading me. God told me. God showed me. But if we're just honest and, and just plain about it, it's really us. It's not God. We, we're trying to give God the credit. God's like, I don't want the credit. <laughs> that's not me. That's you. That's all you. And that's what was going on in this moment. Jacob is trying to finagle this blessing out and, and try to trick this blessing out. And, and he tries to turn around and spiritualize it. And, and, and God's like, no, 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 no. That's not me. That's all you, Jacob. And I feel like that's sometimes what, what we do in our lives. God's like, look, you are trying to give me credit for something. I'm not leading you to do it at all. I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't, I, I didn't have that for you. Imagine this again. This is Joseph. This is, this is Jacob's son. Rebekah's grandson that, that we're looking at, the, the life, his lineage here. And if, and if he's watching this back like a family movie, here's my heritage, here's my lineage, and Joseph is, is on this ride with us, and he's looking at his family, his, his dad and his, his grandma. I mean, I can imagine him thinking, nice move, dad. Way to go. This is our family history, you know. This, this is what we have in our family, lovely. You came and you stole the blessing that wasn't yours, and then you lied about it. Lies, lies, all lies, you know. Or maybe this part of the movie's playing, and he's like, oh, no, you didn't. You, I can't believe this, you know. I mean, again, all these things playing in my mind. Uh, so, okay, play, play the movie again. Verse 21, Isaac said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee. Then I may, that I may feel that he still wasn't 100% on board with what was going on. 
look, I am a hunter, and I know you're a hunter, and this isn't making sense. You walked in, your voice sounded weird, and now you're saying that God just popped a deer in front of you? You know what I mean? Something's not, hey, come on over to me. Let, let, let me feel your skin. Let, let me feel that wool on your neck, you know. Jacob, verse 22, went near to Isaac, his father. Can you imagine how he was feeling at this point in time? Like, very nervous. I mean, because you have to know. I mean, how did she put, the, how did she put the, the skins on him and on his neck? You know, I mean, you, you know how it is. Like, there's got to be like an edge or a lip to the, to the skin, you know. And, and, and at some point, I mean, you could do the coat. And I guess you could wrap it around your fingers, you know. And you could, you could do something around here. But I'm thinking... Like your dad starts walking up to your neck and starts feeling your neck. Okay, that's pretty, what is that? You know, starts yanking out. Whoa, what's your skin doing? You know, so, something's up. So, you know, like Jake, uh, Jacob is a is little, little leery here. So he goes up to him and he felt him and he said, the voice is Jacob's voice. It, sound, it sounds like Jacob. But the hands are the hands of Esau. Got hairy hands, Jacob's voice, and it discerned him not. He couldn't figure it out. He didn't know that it was truly Jacob because his hands were hairy. You know, I mean, think about that. that that's what gave it off. I mean, that's, that's guys. That's the way we are, right? We're, we're just kind of plain and regular, right? You say, no, no, it's my voice. Are you sure? Yeah, look, feel my hand. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's Esau, you know. So he blessed him. He blessed him. It worked. Verse 24, and he said, Art thou very my son Esau? Are you truly Esau? Jacob said, I am. He said, Well, bring it near me. And I'll eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. And it still wasn't done. Like, okay, I guess. He came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment. I mean, again, that nervous feeling, like, oh, okay, whew. He's, he's saying I'm Esau now. He said, okay, come here and give me a kiss, you know. Like, okay, did Esau kiss dad a certain way? <laughs> you know, he's got thinking all this stuff, and, and he grabs his coat and he's like, you know, smell, smells, and he was like, all right, that's a manly smell. That, <laughs> that doesn't have any cologne on, you know. That smells like the wood. I mean, basically, that's what he said. He said, it smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. It's not like flowers or anything like that. Verse 28, there. I'm not knocking cologne because I love cologne, but uh, there was a difference, right? There was a difference between the guy who lived out in the field and was a hunter, and he smelled like animals and field, and there was a difference between Jacob, you know, who was a, a, a different type of person. So he said, okay, this is it. All right, so the Lord is blessed, and this is what's going to have verse 24. Therefore, God give thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, the best part and the blessings of this earth and, and, and all these things and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee. And nations bow down to thee, be Lord over thy brethren. Let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that cursed thee, and blessed, blessed be he that blessed thee. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac made an end of the blessing, Jacob and, uh, and Jacob, blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone, 
out from his presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. So, you know, he just kind of barely left. Esau comes in from hunting, and he also had made a delicious meal and brought to him to his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. Now here's the big problem. Isaac's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who are you? And he said, I'm thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac realized that's Esau's voice. Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that had taken the venison and, and brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. He got the blessing. He's going to receive that. This is something that God gave to me and I gave to him. This is, this is a done deal. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with great exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also. Give me the blessing too. You blessed him. Look, if it's just words, give it to me too. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. Now I want you to notice this doesn't seem like a very spiritual story. Subtly, taken away, stolen, the blessing. I want us to remember, this is the same Jacob that would be, his name would be changed to Israel, which would be the nation that God would bless and God would use, the, the same exact nation that the Savior would come through. This is the same exact person. This is messed up stuff. This is, in, in our minds, in our lives, we, we we're thinking, man, this, like if God was writing a story, if it was supposed to be all holiness, this, is, this sounds messed up. This is odd. But that's how life goes. Sometimes life is just messed up. See, we realize throughout history and throughout our lives that man's way equals judgment. God's way equals blessing. We get that. But here it looks like man is doing his thing, and he's still got this blessing. This all seems like man's way, man's way, man's way. But please listen. That's the story of grace. That's the story of grace. Jacob didn't deserve this. By right, it wasn't his. He didn't do anything to earn it. He didn't, he didn't do anything in, in himself to be worthy of this. He stole it. He stole this. He tricked people. It was a conspiracy with his mom. He comes in, and this was taken by man's way, and it was a mess. There's not a lot of per personal boasting that Joseph, at this point in his lineage, could say, you know what? I'm proud that Jacob did this. The, the, jo Joseph couldn't do that. There's not a whole lot of, of bragging that he could have in his family history at this point in time. Joseph probably at this point was like, uh, I mean, I, I think that's my dad and my mom. I'm not like, you know. There's not a whole lot he could, you know, yeah, that's right. That's my family. Woo. He didn't have that. But that's the thing. That's what makes God's grace so evident and so priceless. Jacob didn't, didn't deserve anything but judgment. At this point in his life, he, he wasn't deserving anything but God's wrath to come upon him, God's correction to come upon his life. You, you, you gave me credit for something that you did in your flesh. That wasn't me. Then you went on. You continued to lie. You continued to steal. You continued to do these things. You don't deserve anything but correction, Jacob. 
If we look at the history of Israel, that's exactly what they deserved as well. Over and over and over, God would bless them. They would, they would go on in their blessings and their comfort. They would turn their back on God, and they would get corrected by God. They'd repent, and that's what would happen again. God would say, okay, my heart is to bless you. My heart is to, to use you. And he would do that, and then they would go off in their comfort and live their lives and go off in the flesh and do what they wanted to do, and, and the same thing would happen over and over. That's the history of Israel. And if we look at our lives, let's be honest, that's very similar to the way our lives are, Right? Because we get, we get in a blessed state, we get in a very comfortable state, and we start just kind of doing what we want to do. And then something bad comes along, or something, God corrects us in a certain way, or something happens and it gets our attention, and what happens? God, I'm sorry, God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. Have I done something? God, I want you to fix this. I want you to help me. I've got, I've got bad things going on. I, I need help with my finances. I need help with this. God, please forgive me. Show me in my life if, if there's sin in my life. We begin to repent and begin to, to get desperate for God and, 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 and go back to God because we need him. And I've said many times before, I believe God allows these times of not only correction because he loves us. The Bible says that. Whom the Lord loves, he, he chastens. But also even the trials that happen in our life to show us that God wants us desperate for him like that every day, all the time. Not just when he needs us, when we need him to fix something or to change something or to help us with something. God wants us like that all the time. Siri's not getting it. (laughs) Turn it back on, see if she gets this. No. (laughs) But again, that's the same way as our lives. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve love. We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve eternal life. We don't deserve the blessings that God gives us. None of us deserve it. We, none of us have done anything to deserve that type of, those type of blessings because the truth is all of us in this room really are really good at really making a mess of things. Amen? That's, that's the truth. We can make a mess of things really fast but God's grace. And that's the story. Man, I can really mess it up. But God's grace is amazing. Again, we realize scripturally, these blessings of God's grace don't give us the right. They don't give us a license to continue unaffected in ignorance. It doesn't give us the right to continue on in sin. Well, if, if, if that's the way it is, if I'm just going to continue to be a, a, a numbskull or, or somebody who's just always in the flesh, always sinning, if that's the way my life's going to be and the way everybody's life's going to be, then, and God's grace is going to show up and his blessing is going to show up, then I'll just live my life and, and continue to do what I want to do, sin and, and please the flesh. No, 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 no. That's not it. And that's not even in the heart of the person who's been redeemed. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 says this, Moreover, the law entered that the fence might abound. Look, that's why the law came, so that we could see exactly what sin was. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Grace is greater than all of our sin. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto uh, eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And so he asked the question, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? If grace is uh, better than, than sin, and every time that sin manifests itself, uh, grace can show up and overcome sin, do we just keep on sinning then so that grace keeps pouring in our life? Look at his answer. God forbid. That means may it never be. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. And he asked the question, how, how shall we? How can we do that? That are dead to sin. Live any longer therein. How can we say, look, so I'll just keep sinning so that God's grace keeps pouring in my life. Paul says, how can you do that? Because if you're dead to sin, 
How can you live in sin? Not that you don't commit sin, but live in sin. You can't do that if you're dead to it. He says, know you not. So uh, many of us are baptized unto Jesus Christ, we're baptized unto his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Galatians chapter 5, and it says that we've been called unto liberty, but we're not supposed to use liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love, serve one another. We're supposed to use the freedom to serve one another. All the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So again, it's not that, look, our lives are messed up, we mess up, we, we act in the flesh, we, we sin, uh, and, and so uh, God shows up and gives his grace anyways because we're his children and he's got a plan for us. And so why should we try so hard to live the way that God wants us to live? Because we're dead to the old man. We're dead to the old nature. We're dead to sin. And if we're born again, that's our desire. It's not like, oh, well, Jacob did it. He messed up and God blessed him greatly. That's not how it works. I've used that example many times before. Just because someone else messed up and you saw they messed up and God blessed them anyways, doesn't mean it's okay for you to mess up and expect the same blessing. Chances are God showed you that to help you avoid that. Verse 36, back in our text, and he said, is he not rightly named Jacob? This is Esau talking because he supplanted me these two times. He tricked me once. He tricked me for my birthright, and now he tricked me for this. He took away that, took away the blessing. Now hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? You, you, you haven't held anything for me. And Isaac answered and said to Esau, behold, I have made him thy Lord. He's over you now. I mean, that's the blessing he got. He's the one that's going to be over you. And all his brethren have I given him for servants, and with corn and wine I have sustained him. And what shall I now do unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing? You just got one blessing? You can't do anything else? Bless me even also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Now listen to this. Not a blessing, but a, but a curse. Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and uh, of the dew of the heaven from above. And by thy sword thou shalt live and shall serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. You're going to be separate. And Esau hated Jacob because the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father's hand, he's about to die. We're about to go through this, this, uh, this stage of mourning that they go through. Jacob will come back. He'll come back, and when he does, look what he says, I will slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah, and she sent and called Jacob her younger son, said unto him, Behold, this is what you're planning, uh, your brother's planning to do. Uh, he's going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, he, he doesn't like you. He's mad. Um, verse 43, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, and arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days, more than a few days, until thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn from, uh, from thee, and he forget that thou, what thou has done unto him. Then I will send and fetch thee from thence. And he says this, Why should I have... Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? Rebecca said unto Isaac, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of uh, Heth or, or the Hittite women. So basically, hey, let me, let me send Jacob away and, and, and get a wife. So there in Canaan, uh, that's, that's just, look, I'm, I'm, I can't live with myself. My, my life is a misery just thinking about Jacob marrying one of these, these heathen women. So let me send him away to, to a, a place to to find a wife. And so again, uh, we're going to stop there in our, in our text, but in this story, in, in Jacob, in Joseph's lineage, this is, again, his life, his family. So far, it's about deception. 
Like, think about telling somebody, well, this is how it came about. It was lies, lies, all lies. Again, Jacob's only hesitancy was his fear that he would be cursed instead of blessed. And that's what was driving him. And so in his actions, he, he realized that, you know what, I, I've, I've got to do something, he thought. And what he miscalculated was that's not how God works. He realized later that the blessings of God come from God giving them, not by you earning them or by you working them out yourself. God gives the blessings. So far, we've seen a few things I think that can help us in your notes. We're going to cover them, then we're going to close. Number one is this. Our family can be messed up. Amen. And messy. It can be messy. We look at our family, look at our lineage, and, 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 and it can just be messy. It can be messed up. Somewhere along the line, in some way, most of our families are like that. And if you say, not mine, I would go back far enough. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's pretty messed up. But this is the amazing truth. Our family can be messed up. Our, 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 our family can uh, be ugly. It can be, it can be really messy. All those kind of things. Listen. And yet God can still use us. Amen. Our family can be messed up and God still can have a plan for us. And he does have a plan for us. Our family can be messed up. And get this. It doesn't define us. Sometimes the fairy tale family turns into a nightmare that won't, won't end. That's seemingly what was happening with Isaac and with Jacob and, and Esau. I mean, this was the, 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 the promised son of God, Isaac. And, and, and Jacob was, was, was stealing this birthright and stealing this blessing. I mean, it wasn't going the way that it was supposed to go. It wasn't going the way that it was planned in man's eyes. Can you imagine Joseph in his life trying to explain how his dad got the blessing? I mean, he would be tempted to try to curve the story a little bit himself. Uh, did he steal it? Uh, let's see here. Oh, stole is the right word. You know, I mean, you can imagine Joseph like trying to rationalize and trying to make it sound a little bit better than what it actually was. And so I said, yeah, my dad Jacob, he stole it. Stole it from Isaac, my grandpa. My grandma and him were crazy. What were they doing? I mean, they killed goats and put it on his skin, and it was weird, you know? Wouldn't necessarily boast in that. But we today, again, can't allow where we came from or our, our lineage to define us, whether good or bad. We can, that, that can't define us. It can't dictate who we are today. Listen, our family is important, and where we came from is important. All those things are true, but listen, it doesn't define who we are now. Again, whether good or bad, it, it doesn't. We determine the person that we're going to be here and now by our obedience or our disobedience to God. That's it. Again, you say, but my family is really messed up, really messed up. So are most people's. Most people's family are really messed up. And just like with anything else, God is able to reveal his grace even in the messiness. Again, it doesn't condone sin. It doesn't condone disobedience. It doesn't condone uh, willing rejection. But it shows up, and his mercy shows up, and God shows up. And it shows that it's not where you came from, but about, it's about whose you are, 
whose you are. Are you his? Point number two is similar to that, is our past doesn't dictate our future. Just like our family, it doesn't define who we are, our past doesn't dictate where our future going. Again, every day we're presented with choices. Every day we're given opportunities. The hurt, the loss of the, uh, of the past that we've experienced. Well, I've been through this. I've had this divorce. I've had this loss. I lost my loved one. I lost this. I lost that. All those, all those things don't determine whether we live in bitterness or betterness. What has happened to us, what we've gone through, doesn't determine whether we live in bitterness or betterness. What does determine is our choices that we make every day. I could choose to let the past dictate my future. What has happened to me, what I've gone through, what I've experienced, the bad things, the good things, and I can ride either one of them, and I can choose to either be bitter in my future, or I can choose to be better based off the decisions that I make and the attitude that I have and the trust that I've placed in Jesus Christ. Again, our, our choices we make determine the course. Even through the bad, even through the ugly, our choices. Will I, try to, will I try to do it in the flesh, like Jacob, and, and make an even bigger mess of my life than it is right now? Am I going to do it like that and hope that God bails me out? Well, I hope that this is what God wants me out. I really want to do this. No, 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 no. Or will I make choices based off of pleasing God because he's been so good to me? I'm going to trust God. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do what pleases God, not what pleases me or pleases man. I'm going to do what pleases God. And trust God, even if it gets hard, even if it gets bad, even if it gets ugly, I'm just going to do that. I've seen people go through great loss in, in my life and, and, and especially in this church. Go through great loss, go through great hurt. Again, divorce, whether it be also in their health, disease, and so on. And here's what I've seen. I've seen reactions in grace, choices that have made to continue to pursue the Lord and His will. And I've seen reactions and emotions in the flesh. A choice, choices made to plead the, please the flesh. And most of the time, listen, most of the time those, those decisions to give us immediate relief or to please us at the time, right in the moment, a lot of times are fleshly choices. And they are immediate reliefs in the moment. But all those are are cloaks for extended misery. Because if you make and I make choices in the flesh to give us immediate relief, it, it's cloaked. It's a cloak. Because when we do that, it just extends the misery. Somebody hurts you, you say, what makes me feel better right now is to hurt them back. That's going to extend the misery in your life. It's an immediate decision. It's immediate relief. It's not necessarily what pleases God. But again, I've seen people make these one flesh-pleasing decision after the other, one immediate relieving decision right after the next, and just makes a really big mess of things. Remember, our life is composed of love and, and loss. It's full of inspiration. It's full of imposition. There are highs and there are lows. That's the way our life is. Again, this is Joseph's lineage, and we look at it and we say, man, it seemed like really good, and then it seemed really, really bad and ugly. There are things that come along and change the plan. There's things that come along and change our plan. And it was a good plan. I had a plan. This is the plan I had. And now it's changed. It was good. That's the way it happens. Esau experienced that. So did Isaac. So did Jacob. What would he think? 
What would Jacob think? That Esau would be like, oh, okay, Jacob, you stole my blessing? Cool, no problem, bro, you know. <laughs> We're good. What did Jacob think? He knew it was going to be a problem, but he still did it. It got messier, and it would get even messier. But at some point, a choice had to be made. At some point, it had to be done. My, cho- my, my past will not dictate who I am. My past will not dictate my tomorrow. I will choose to let my obedience be the thing that defines that. My obedience to God. Again, we can consider Joseph here. This is who, who he was. The, the lineage. But it's not who he would be. It was part of his story, but it wasn't the end of it or the definition of his story. And that's point number three. Our story is a part of God's story. Our story is a part of God's story. Again, we remember we make choices along the way as we are living in this life that either keep us in the divine will of God or pull us away from that. It's when we do that. that, It's when we do that. When we pull away from the divine will of God that we miss the blessings that are beyond belief. That's what happens. We we say, I'm going to do this. And it may not be God's will, but we say that. And sometimes we give God credit like Jacob did. And man, it gets gets bad because we miss these blessings that are along the way in the divine will of God. The amazing part about this is, though, as a child of God, his love for us is relentless. His love for us is unending. Nothing can separate it. Brother Clay used it Wednesday night. I leaned over Rochelle and said, that's amazing. I'm going to use the same scripture Sunday morning. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 For I'm persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God. I mean, God loves us so much. And again, he loved Jacob. He loved loved his people. And even though they made a really big mess of things, God still, again, had this this, this plan. God proves his love and has proved his love through so many people. And he proves that in our lives every single day. See, we can look at the big, bad, ugly that exists in our lives like Jacob could have. He could have said, everything's wrong in my life. Everything's bad. I've made a huge mess of it. Look, and Jacob messed up big time. It was ugly. This was not good. Or we can see that God's hand has blessed and he's delivered and he's helped in ways and he's helped in times that we didn't deserve. Amen? That's the story of our lives. And God has shown up sometimes and blessed and helped. And I didn't deserve it ever. I mean, look at your life. As bad as it can be, as messy as it can be, and maybe as messy as it has been. As many bad choices that you and I maybe have made in our past, you and I are still here. God's not done with us, we're still breathing. We're still on this earth. We're still a part of his plan. The book of your life isn't over. The page of today isn't finished. It's still being written. You you are in the moment. It's it's right now. You have the freedom. You have the liberty to say, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to go his way. Think about this. Even in the small, you have food. You have clean water. You have shelter. You have a church. You have a people that love you. You have all these blessings. Most importantly, if you're saved, You have eternal life that nothing or no one can take away. 
We are so blessed regardless of the mess and the ugly and, 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 and the past and, and all those things. All, the, the truth is we are still so amazingly blessed by the grace of God. Amen. Let's remember this as we live this life, this crazy, this many times messy, but blessed life. As the musicians come, I want to encourage you to take these three points with you. And remember, like our, our families can be messy. Our past doesn't define our future. And our story is a part of God's story. That it, it is. It's part of it. We have life. He's given us life for a purpose. But not the world's purpose, not our purpose, not somebody else's purpose, not our, our, our past purpose. He's given us a purpose that's a part of his plan. And I want to encourage you this morning, if, if, if you say, man, I, that's me. I, I've been living in my past. I've been letting the past just kill my faith. I've been letting the bad decisions of my past kill what I do for the Lord or what I don't do for the Lord. I mean, my family has now just been completely, it's, it's messy. It's ugly now. But you're in the moment right now and you can make a decision to continue to choose to please and obey God or not. And that's the difference between walking into those blessings or missing them altogether. I want to encourage you. Let's learn from this lineage. Let's take it with us and go out and be the people that God's called us to be. Let's not walk and say, you know, I'm just hoping God's grace helps me today. No, let's walk in obedience. Let's walk in, in, in the life that he's called us to live. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Again, we thank you for this opportunity and thank you for this, these lessons and these points this morning. We realize that you do have a plan for us. We realize that our story uh, is a part of yours. We realize also that our past doesn't define or dictate our future. Well, we also realize that our family, our, our lineage, where we come from isn't necessarily the definition of who we are today. And we see this in, in your word. We see this in our lives. And I pray that we would take this with us and, and choose to walk by faith and obedience. Choose to be the people you've called us to be. Choose to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And I pray, God, you would just move in this invitation now. And we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name.